You're listening to Sobriety with Ari Eastman. Hey, that's me. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of this podcast that, like, kind of has structure, but mostly it's me picking up a microphone and talking to you, a.k.a. it's sobriety with me, Ari Eastman, your parasocial friend, perhaps your real-life friend, your sober pal, your... your... Why did I want to say conquistador? That's not what I am. Isn't that a, a Spanish conqueror? Um, you know, sometimes words, they pop into our head and, and we don't know why. Never before have I referred to myself as a conquistador, nor have I conquered anything, including my own demons. <laughs> Speaking of words, we're going to do a random uh, exercise right now where I'm going to ask you something and you're going to answer, um, but you're going to answer like you're driving in your car, you're on your, you know, walk, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you're going to answer and uh, um, I, I'm not going to hear it, but we're still going to do this exercise. So I love words, mostly because I love to speak them out loud and listen to the sound of my own voice. Clearly, I have a podcast. <laughs> That's what all of us podcasters, we just we just talk. We like talking. And as a kid, I had two words that were some of my favorite words. The first was Nebraska. Now, I don't know if that counts as, I mean, it is a word. Obviously, it's the name of a state. But I used to think that that was the most beautiful sounding word. Nebraska. Nebraska. I really, as a child, I was like, Mom, I'm going to name my daughter Nebraska. I'm, I've am i never been in Nebraska. I actually couldn't even point out Nebraska on a map. I am very, very um, uh, inept at geography. And I'm actually, I'm truly closing my eyes right now and trying to picture where Nebraska is on the map. And I just know that it's like not on the West Coast. And that's about all I can give you. So uh, Nebraska was a word that I really loved. And then I love the word erroneous. Erroneous. That is such a good word. Now I want you to think about your favorite word. And it doesn't have to be like the meaning of the word. Just purely the way a word sounds. Uh, tell me, what, what, what's, that, what's that word? Wow. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Any hoosies. Um, something that I feel like I have talked about and I definitely I definitely talk about it in content I create. I've talked about it probably in the podcast, but uh, something that I think maybe we could explore a little bit more is this idea of addiction transfer. And what does that mean? How does that look? How does that play out? Uh, it's fairly straightforward if you think about it. Um, if you have an addiction to one thing and then uh, it's fairly common when you are trying to end that addiction to maybe transfer it over to something else. We see this all the time. Even when we talk about habits, we're always talking about replacing bad habits with good habits. And I think that there is like this, there is this need for us to fill, fill gaps, basically, in our routines, in our lives, uh, because it is very difficult for most of us to just be and exist 
unless you are literally living, I think, in a monastery and you have reached enlightenment and you are, are learning how to truly exist in the moment. But uh, that's not most of us. <laughs> that's not most of us. Something that I have experienced and is very, very common with people who get sober from alcohol is this resurgence or maybe sudden sweet tooth that you never really had before. And that's for a couple of reasons. I mean, the most obvious logical one that we think of is the fact that alcohol breaks down into sugar. So when you are drinking a lot, your body is used to having a lot of sugar. You know, there's a high sugar content in a lot of alcoholic drinks. And when you stop that, your brain still wants that sweet, sweet sugar, baby. The other reason is that there are a lot of studies that um, show or suggest that when you eat sweets, when you eat dessert, when you eat these sugary things, uh, it causes your brain to release dopamine. And that is, that's our feel good, that's our feel good chemical, right? That's what makes us feel good. So um, I, I used to always think it was funny because as a kid, I had a huge sweet tooth, huge sweet tooth. I was never like, it sounds weird to say I wasn't a big eater because I, I mean, I ate, I ate food to live because that's what you do. But for me, it was like, everything it was like dessert right that's what I got excited about I didn't get that excited about other sort of meals but like anything sugary any sort of dessert that was my jam like I am lactose intolerant and I would just literally eat like a pint of ice cream and and know by the way and know that I was going to be absolutely miserable and die for the next couple hours but it was like gotta get that hit baby gotta get that sugary treat and so yeah, I just had this really, really big sweet tooth. And then when I started drinking more heavily in my early mid-20s, I remember like the craving or that sweet tooth that I'd always had kind of went away. And I, it's, it's so ridiculous now in retrospect because I would be like, yeah, I just like, I'm not that into dessert as I like, <laughs> As I like double fisted, you know, like two bottles of wine. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like not really that into sugar anymore. But can you pass me the the Cabernet? <laughs> it's interesting how I have always, right, as a child with sugary treats and desserts and then into adulthood with alcohol. Like obviously as someone who struggles with uh, depression and has been on, um, you know, medication for that and anxiety stuff, like dopamine doesn't come to me as easily as maybe it would if I didn't have those uh, mental health disorders. Um, so it's not that shocking when I really look at it to be like, oh, I was engaging in these behaviors that were like quick fixes, like a quick quick dopamine release, quick fix, right? Like not necessarily a healthy quick dopamine release, but like, oh, let me go eat that ice cream because that uh, releases some dopamine and that's my pleasure center and that makes me feel good and that makes me feel better. Then suddenly trying to do the same thing with alcohol. And obviously we know like with alcohol, it, it depletes your dopamine over time and it actually ends up having a reversal. But 
yeah, it's not surprising when I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm just like constantly out here being like, where the fuck can I get some dopamine? Who's got some dopamine for me? Another interesting thing um, is that there are also some studies and again, keep in mind everything I say, I am not a doctor, I'm not an expert. I have, I, I'll read things, I'll read research papers and I'll try to absorb the information but everything I say I'm not an expert I always say this is just me talking you know what I mean but they 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 out there in the world have suggested that you know people who have struggled with alcohol and have uh you know maybe like moderate or even heavy you know consumption of alcohol that they can have low blood sugar. And it's interesting because I have always kind of struggled with blow, with blow. I always struggle blowing. (laughs) Well, uh, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. (laughs) I have often suffered from low blood sugar where I will get kind of shaky or if I don't, if I'm not good at eating at certain intervals, I can get like lightheaded pretty fast. And I kind of, I've always been that way also since I was a kid. I, another reason maybe my body's like, eat the sugar, <laughs> which again is not good because it spikes your blood sugar and then your body's like trying to, you know, get it back to normal. So um, yeah, all these things that I, I've done throughout my life that have actually probably caused me more harm. But uh, your your liver, which is what processes the alcohol you drink, it's also in charge of releasing glycogen into your blood. And so alcohol actually stops this from happening and that makes your blood sugar drop. So um, that's another reason why when you stop drinking, when you have alcohol withdrawal, you have frequent sugar cravings like when your blood sugar is low you crave sweets to counteract it I thought it was so funny how quickly my sweet tooth came back as soon as I stopped drinking it was it was seriously very very quickly and you know all of that on my you know high horse I mean I wasn't on a high horse I was literally like uh, a baby alcoholic like I don't eat dessert. <laughs> Please don't look in my recycling bin. <laughs> but yeah, it was like almost immediately I was like, I need to have dessert. I need to have frozen yogurt. And you guys know I talk and joke about it a lot. Like I eat, I have, I frequently have frozen yogurt. Like I would say on average, I will have frozen yogurt like three or four times a week. And I'm also of the mind that you know, you're never going to do life perfectly. You're never going to you're never going to do your recovery perfectly. You're never going to be so healthy and so amazing and never have any vices. And um I think that you almost set yourself up to fail when you put that much pressure on yourself. Hey, if you stop drinking, that's a huge 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 accomplishment for so many reasons. And if you get like a donut now, and sometimes you start your morning with a donut and a coffee, I mean, are you going to not feel well later in the day? Maybe. But guess what? You're not hungover. So celebrate that. And yeah, the only time I think you really have to be, here's when you have to be concerned, I think, about um, addiction transfer, is when it starts doing what the original addiction was doing. And 
By that, I mean, ask yourself the same questions that you did about alcohol or whatever that thing was that you gave up, that you got sober from, that you are in recovery from. Are you engaging in this behavior even when you don't want to frequently? Is it negatively affecting multiple parts of your life, including how you feel about yourself? A lot of people could look at me and see how much television I consume, how much content I consume, you know, that sometimes there's a Saturday where, you know, I sit there and I watch like uh, six hours of The Real Housewives. And some people might say, hey, that's not good. And to them I say, you might be right, but it doesn't make me feel bad. I personally do not feel guilt from sitting and watching TV or movies. I never have. It's just not within me. Um, Now another person, someone who maybe is a little more active than me, maybe someone who likes to, I don't know, run, maybe if they sit and they consume too much TV, it would make them feel bad about themselves. And that's an individual thing you got to figure out for yourself, right? Like what is filling and nourishing your soul? You know what's nourishing my soul? Clicking, I'm still watching. But seriously, all jokes aside, it really is an individual thing of figuring out how you feel and when you walk away from something and when you finish doing something, how it makes you feel and like, you know, what is nourishing you. And again, we're not all going to do things perfectly. We're going to do things sometimes that do make us feel bad. But if you catch it or you clock it becoming, again, habitual and something that routinely you don't want to do you don't feel good after you do it you don't like who you are while you do it you don't like you know what it's doing to your relationships your goals all of those things those are the moments it those are when the red flags start to pop up and that's when maybe you go "Mm, perhaps this behavior that I've substituted a lot of times people will do it with substances I'm going to tell you there are a lot of people who get sober from alcohol and they're able to smoke weed and they're totally fine I am definitely not one of those people that thinks you have to just be like stone cold sober to be in recovery I think recovery is different for every single person and there are lots of people who stopped drinking and they're able to occasionally like you know enjoy the benefits of cannabis or whatever I really don't know that much about weed so I'm not a good person to go off of this but then there are other people who they they can't engage in with substances in a way that is anything but excessive and extreme and for those people, it's it's a good idea to maybe just not because it's too hard and moderation is not something that everybody can do. We cannot all moderate. That is one of the biggest lies that the alcohol industry and I'm sure at one point the tobacco industry sold people to be like, oh, you know, practice moderation, you know, drink responsibly. Not everybody can do that. In fact, I actually think more of us can't do it than can do it, but we're not taught that and we're not told that. So again, all individual things with figuring out what you're doing and if it is kind of tiptoeing into 
dangerous transfer addiction territory or if it's just like, yeah, guess what? This is the thing I do now that helps me because I stopped doing that really damaging thing and now I do this thing because we are going to always do things in this world. That's part of what being alive is. It's just little humans running around doing things. Well, anyway, here's another little thing. It's something that made me happy this week. It's my pink cloud of sobriety. Okay, so as you guys know, I moved into a new apartment and I am... Um, I'm struggling at night because it's very loud at night and there's more honking and more noises that I'm not used to. However, I am loving it, thriving during the day. And the best part is that Cordelia, my sweet beloved cat Cordelia, she is just, she's like a kitten again. I don't know what she was like when she was a kitten because I didn't get her as a kitten. But she is the is the queen of the castle. She is loving it. She's like running around. She's finding all her little spots and it's, I was worried. I was worried about how she was going to adjust, but because, you know, she's like me and she's got anxiety, but she is really loving it and I can tell she is very happy and that makes me happy and that actually makes me feel more at home too, to see her enjoying it and, um, and I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I think I've already talked about this a little bit, but I'm going to convert a little corner of the apartment into my little my little I was gonna say my studio it's not gonna be a studio it's gonna be a fucking chair and a and a desk and I'm gonna put up like I don't know a sign or something that says sobriety and uh, I'm gonna start doing some video content especially when I have guests because I think that um I like that stuff and so I want to give you guys that option if you're interested um and on that note oh and my mother my mother my mother Every we keep being like we're gonna record a pod, we're gonna record a pod. But then she and I both get fatigued at the same time, and we both go like, "Hey, so um, you want to hop on Zoom and do the podcast?" And then I'm like, "No, I kind of just want to lie down and watch TV." And she's like, "Yeah, kind of, me too." But it's coming at some point, so look for that in the next couple of weeks. And on that note, I'll talk to you next week. Bye, I love you. Mm-hmm.